Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to this time of worship, and how good it is that we can gather here uh, together to praise God and give God thanks for all the provisions and all that he has done for us. And we gather today on this Trinity Sunday, this first Sunday after Pentecost, where we acknowledge the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And oh, how we need the Spirit of God to renew us, to fall afresh on us, and to lead us in this life. This is also the first uh, of June, and I just wonder out there, have any of you been just kind of foreseeing uh, what we were going to be going through this year? This is going to truly be a year to remember, is it not? I mean, who for seen some of the things that we have seen with all the COVID-19 and this pandemic that has visited our world and everyone hunkered down and wearing masks and people out of work and uh, nearly 110,000 people have died here just in our country. And then we look to all the other things that are going on in our society and the violence and the racism. And I'm sure you join me today in standing against uh, all of these, in, fa in fact, we take a vow when we join the church to resist evil and injustice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. And so we want to stand today on the promises of God. And I just have to ask you, are you expecting the best? Even with all that we've witnessed, even what you have seen, are you still expecting the best I want to challenge you with that today, to expect the best. Expect the best and have that kind of optimistic attitude as you approach life in your walk of faith. Expect the best. Now, when I say expecting the best, I'm not talking about wishful thinking. I'm not talking about today like I hope everything else goes okay or like, uh, I hope everything goes as planned, because I can assure you today, ants are going to get in your picnic basket. The flies are going to swarm around your casserole at the family reunion. It's going to rain, and sometimes you're going to have a washout. Everything is not going to go as planned. There's going to be difficulties in life. There are going to be challenges that we are still going to face in life. But what I'm talking about here is that confident assurance that God is in full control of our future and that God has a plan and a purpose for your life because he loves you. God loves you today, and he has a plan and purpose for your life. Now, I base this definition on this verse that Vanessa has read to us here, this, this chapter, this, this part of the Psalter today. You know, we're in this sermon series we're calling A Season with the Psalms. And I've been challenging you to rediscover the Psalms. There's something about the Psalms that resonates with the soul. There's something about the Psalms that helps our soul to sing, our heart to find strength. And I challenge you to dive even deeper into the Psalms. And today I want to challenge you with these words here that we find Psalmist David giving to us here in this Psalm, Psalm 32 and verse 8. For he says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. Now this is a customized plan. This is a 
tailor-made plan, if you notice here. It's talking about your life. The best pathway for your life is not necessarily the best pathway for your neighbor's life. The best pathway for my life is not the best pathway for your life. God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. And God says, if you'll trust me, if you will get to know me, if you'll put your faith in me, I will guide you. And if you will expect the best, I will lead you. I will watch over you. And this is really based on who you are, who God created you to be, and who God wants you to become. As you grow and mature as a Christian disciple, as one who follows after the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we draw near to God. Now, why should I expect the best when I see so many heartaches in this life? Why should I expect the best when I've gone through some tough times, when I see evil out there, when there are problems out there? Why should I expect the best? Well, I think we learned the answer to that question in one of those great stories out of the Old Testament, and we find it in the life of David there in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we find this incredible story of how the Israelites, the, the Israeli army there is standing up and fighting the Philistines. And here we see this army has a giant of a man, this Philistine by the name of Goliath. And this guy literally was the tallest man evidently that ever lived. I'm telling you, this is a Guinness Book of World Records kind of dude. And he is standing tall, and he's taunting everybody. And he comes out in front of the army there, and he says, I'll take on one of you, I'll take on ten of you, I'll take on a whole unit. And this guy is a giant, and everybody's intimidated by him. And everybody was cowering. Nobody wanted to face him. Everybody was... Uh, fearful, and he was terrorizing the Israeli army, all except for this very old shepherd boy by the name of David who said, well, I'll take him on. I'll stand up to the giant. And David took these little stones, and he said, well, he's not too big for me. Now, when I was in uh, the Holy Land there, I picked up five smooth stones and believe me these are really smooth stones and I don't know this was the the exact stone that uh, David used but David picked up one of these stones and the scripture here says that he used it and uh, you know it was amazing how God worked in his life and he took those stones and he used it and he said that this giant is not too big for me and the Lord. Now, beside, he said, God's on my side, and one plus God equals a majority. Now, from that story, as you think about it, David here standing up and fighting Goliath, we learn some things about David expecting the best that I think we can glean and we can take note of for our own personal walk of faith. First of all, when you expect the best, I want to remind you, it honors God. Do you know that? When you expect the best, it honors God. Listen to what David's attitude was here in 1 Samuel 
17 down in verse 46, it says, This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down, and the whole world will know that there is a God. You know, when you expect God to help you, it's the highest compliment that you can give to God. I mean, we're coming up on Father's Day, and I want to ask you fathers out there, have you ever heard your son or daughter say, well, my dad can do anything? You know, you know the feeling that has for you when your son or daughter has that kind of confidence in you? And, you know, Psalmist David here has that kind of confidence in the Lord, and it honors God. It puts our heart in that posture of honoring the Lord, that great humility. And certainly we have a God who really can do anything, and when we expect God to do those things in our life, it's an incredible honor to him. I think of the great missionary who rocked the world of the 19th century, William Carey. And he changed the world because of his faith. His faith was so strong. And if you go back and you read the history, and you know, he was governed by a phrase that maybe we ought to be governed with. And it was this, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. And let this be our approach today, my friends, as we walk in this season, as we walk in this way, that this path that God has given to us, let us honor God. A second thing we notice here in this text is when you have that kind of expect the best attitude, it increases your ability in life. Now, it increases your capacity. David here had the strength to hurl this stone from his sling and hit the Philistine, it says here, in the head, and the, and the stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled, and the Bible says here that he fell forward, and he died. And, and God gave David that capability because of his faith. We've seen many different places the difference that an attitude can really bring. I'm thinking of the Olympics, for example. We were supposed to have the Olympics this year, and I know it's been postponed, but you just think back to all those Olympics. Sometimes it wasn't the fastest or the biggest or the tallest, uh, but it was the person who had that attitude. Now, Muhammad Ali is arguably, by many people, one of the greatest athletes that ever lived. And as he was reflecting back, he said, I lost a couple of fights. And he said it was because I had this attitude, and I was thinking, if I lose this fight, it was his attitude, he concluded, that made all the difference in the world. And faith has that power to change your attitude about life like nothing else. It strengthens our ability in life. Now, the story here of David and, and Goliath, it really shows you the kind of faith that he had. And he took these five stones, these five smooth stones from the ground, that tiny sling, and he, and he went out and he defeated that giant named Goliath. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, wait a minute. He didn't just pick up one stone. He picked up four other stones. He picked up a total of five stones. Maybe he had a little doubt. Maybe he didn't really think he could do it. But no, if you read the greater context here, you realize that Goliath had four brothers. And you realize here that David went into this battle, and he's thinking, you know, if I defeat one giant, I will also need the strength of God's help to defeat perhaps these other four brothers. 
And he knew that God would give him that ability because of his faith. And when you act in faith and you receive that additional strength uh, to face the difficulties in life, to stand up to the problems and to really uh, soar over all of those challenges. But not only that, I want to say to you that when you have that kind of expect the best attitude, when you have that kind of faith, friends, it encourages you. It encourages other people. Now, the Bible tells us that when Goliath was defeated, the Israelites there, they gave a great shout of triumph. And they really rushed after the rest of the Philistine army. And they ran them all the way back several miles to Gath. And the entire nation was victorious. And people were energized by this. People were just thrilled. They were encouraged by the faith that was demonstrated by this young shepherd boy, David. And I got to tell you, that is the power of faith. It's contagious. And it is infectious. And people note the power of God on display. And it just breeds optimism. You know, George Gallup did a poll some time ago, and they found out, the pollsters did, that faith brings on optimism. You know, that faith brings on optimism. And uh, when you have faith, they found, it makes you even more optimistic about life. And here we find this poll that they conducted, discover also that people who have this kind of uh, approach, this kind of, of faith, are also the people who are the most happy in life and also are the more uh, apt to help other people kinds of folks. And you like to be around optimistic people, don't you? You like to be around those people who have that kind of positive outlook in life. They have that kind of strength, and it comes from their faith deep in God, that expect the best kind of faith. Now, I know some of you today are saying, hey, uh, pastor, you don't know what I've been through. And I have to say, no, I don't. And others are saying, you just can't believe, pastor, all of the challenges that I've faced here in this pandemic and the problems I've had through life and, and the things I've had to combat. And, and I want to say, no, you're exactly right. But I do know this. And I know today that you can do the same things that David did to give him the confidence. And if you do these things, you will find yourself having that kind of positive, upbeat, optimistic attitude, that incredible faith that will see you through. So let's think about this some. And I want to issue today three challenges to you this morning for you to implement over the next 30 days. And I think if you begin to implement these things, it can really have an incredible impact upon your walk of faith. The first challenge I want to extend to you here is to tune into God every morning. Every morning when you roll out of bed, or maybe even before you roll out of bed, you ought to tune into God. You ought to get your bearings. You need to set your compass you need to go before the Lord and begin your day. I, I've always appreciated Matthew Henry's comment one time in one of his commentaries on prayer. He said, prayer is the key to the morning and the bolt to the evening. And friends, there's something about waking up in the morning and greeting the Lord and tuning in to God 
and it will make you even more optimistic about your day. It will help you to even be more positive throughout your day. And I believe this is one of the secrets that Psalmist David had about his optimism and his faith. For example, Psalm 5 and verse 3. Listen to these words here in the NIV. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Now, where does he get his spirit of expectation? It's by knowing God. You see, the crux of the matter today, the, the real crux of the gospel is that each of us need to know God. That's our vision now, that our church is full of people who know not just about God, but people really know God. It's not just an intellectual exercise, my friend, but this is a relationship that you have to develop. And you give your life to God, and you accept Christ as your Savior, and you follow after the Lord. And here we find David here doing this. David knowing the Lord. He spends his time with the Lord every morning. He starts his day with God. And, and before he talks with anybody else, he's talking to God. We have this little plaque at our home that says, no talkie before coffee. But I want to say to you today that we need, even before we have the coffee, we need to have our talkie with the Lord. We need to tune in with our Heavenly Father. And I know some of you out there were born pessimistically. I know it's very easy to get so mesmerized by all the violence and the things that we see out there that we kind of can see the glass as half empty instead of half full. And I know there's a lot of people out there that kind of resonate with the great theologian Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh, right? If you know that character in the Winnie the Pooh series, he was always pessimistic. He always had his head hung down low. And, and did you ever feel like Eeyore in the morning? Well, how many of you wake up grouchy? How many of you just let her sleep, right? I, I mean, there are really two kinds of people in the world, isn't it? There's the kind of people that wake up and said, Good morning, Lord. And then there's another kind of people out there that said, Good Lord, it's morning. And, you know, it just seems like you're either a good morning Lord kind of person or you're a good Lord, it's morning. And it's something how uh, often those opposites attract, isn't it? But here we find David, regardless of what he has planned for the day, he is saying here in this psalm, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. You hear my request, and I'm going to trust in you. That's a challenge I want to give to you in these next 30 days to make it a practice of in the first thing in the morning to tune in to God. Secondly, I want to challenge you today to think on God's promises throughout the day. Think on the promises of God throughout the day. You start the day by tuning into God and then by recalling the promises of God throughout the day. Now, this is what Psalmist David did. If you continue to peruse through the Psalms, you'll find statements like, what we find in Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in the Bible. And the Bible tells us here that he practiced this even in the most difficult of circumstances. It says, though the world be wicked, and uh, though the world is wicked even along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind upon your promises. 
I will quietly keep my mind upon your promises. He was facing great assassination. He was facing Goliath out there. He was facing all kinds of problems. He says, I need these promises throughout the day to help me face these threats in my life, to, to overcome the anxieties, to overcome the, the panic attacks I have. Anybody ever have a panic attack? You need the presence of God's spirit, his words of truth, those words that you put in your heart. Now, also on Psalm 119, it says this, I bank your promises in the vault of my heart. Think of that. He's saying here, I bank your promises in the vault of my heart. How are you going to do this? It's by thinking on the promises of God throughout the day. You have to memorize the Word of God. You have to learn what the Word of God says. You need to read it continually. You need to study it. You need to learn and digest what the Bible is saying. And, you know, all of a sudden you begin to memorize these verses. You, you remind yourself of the faithfulness of God, and it's in the vault of your heart. Oftentimes when there are problems in life, you don't have time to go get your Bible, even to pull out your phone and look up the U version. But there are these situations that you encounter, and all of a sudden, if you have been in God's Word, those promises surface, and they come to mind, and they have a way of strengthening you, of giving you that hope, of keeping you upbeat, and helping you soar high above those problems and challenges in life. I challenge you here over the next few weeks and over this month, if you haven't already, to begin to really... Feast on the Word of God. Begin to learn those promises and put them in the vault of your heart. And then lastly, let me say that not only do you need to tune into God every day and, and also think on the promises of God, but third, let me say that you need to trust in God's love even when things look bleak. Even with all the gloomy weather we had back here in the winter and the spring and the days seem like one after another, just have that optimistic, you know the sun's coming out. You know God is going to take care of this. Now, a great psalm for this is Psalm 42. One of the psalms that I find myself going to in times of discouragement. And here we find Psalmist David saying, Oh, my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be upset, but expect God to act. For I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise him for all that he will do. And notice that this is a future-oriented kind of statement. This here is a statement of he's going to do it. He hasn't necessarily done it yet, but he's going to act. He's saying, I'm not going to get discouraged, even though times are bleak, even though the Goliaths are out there, and even though things look bad and circumstances dark, I'm not going to get down on life, but I'm going to expect God to do great things. I challenge you today to do that also in this month, to implement these things that we find David doing, to trust God and his love, even when things look really gloomy. One last psalm that a verse that touched my heart that I share with you here today as we come to a moment where we're going to share communion together.
But listen to this word here from the Lord in Psalm 91. It says, I'll get you out of any trouble. I'll give you the best of care if you'll only get to know and trust me. Shall we pray together? Oh, holy God, we come before you today with so much on our heart. Certainly we extend to you adoration and praise, and, and we know that our heart is just uplifted today, optimistic, because we see and know how you are in control and that you have a plan and a purpose for our life, even though we may not realize it at times when those challenges arise, but we find confidence in knowing that you are with us and that you will lead us and guide us. And so, Lord, as we walk this road here in this season that is upon us, this this pandemic season and in, in this season of summer and in the season with so much that is going on in our society. And help us to stand, Lord, upon your faithful promises. Help us, O oh God, to be those that tune into you every day and that trust in your promises and put them in the vault of our heart and that we rely upon your grace and love. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. Amen.